This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, as always, for making this show a part of your morning routines. I hope that you had a good weekend. Uh, apologies that there was no show yesterday. Uh, there was good reason for that. I was at Mikel Arteta's press conference that went live at 9.30 yesterday morning. So I had to get up get to, to London Colney and that meant unfortunately there was no time for uh, an 8am show but uh, thank you everybody that remained patient and is tuning in today uh, because we've got lots to discuss heartbreak transfer news and some exciting looks ahead to tonight's game against Chelsea as well good morning to those joining us in the chat box hope you're doing good hope you're doing well Blackshine good morning to you to old Dave good morning to Alex to, uh, to Olu Matt G, we've got Agmal, we've got Dave, we've got Black Shine, Harrison, Carl, good morning. Uh, Wilson, Lynn, Johnny, Louis, Stephen, uh, Brad, Morgie, Temi, Sir Nicholas, and plenty more as well. Thank you, as always, for joining. Uh, do drop a like, do subscribe, and turn those notifications on. It's three very easy, simple things to do, and uh, I hope that you all have done so. Let's crack on with today's story, shall we? Uh, We kick off with the disappointment of yesterday evening. An amazing game, you know, really, I mean, the the outlay of it going, taking a 2-2 draw in Germany, coming back to the Emirates, a a packed out, sold out crowd at the Emirates Stadium. And unfortunately, it ended in very, very late heartbreak. A 119th minute winner for Wolfsburg is what separated Arsenal from a potential penalty shootout to see them go through to the Champions League final. Um, all I can say is just absolutely Lord praise and congratulations on this Arsenal side who, in all the circumstances, and we all know what they are, and I suppose some people are a bit fed up, I suppose, of hearing that Leah Williamson is out and Kim Little is out and Beth Mead is out and Viv Miedemar is out. But that is the reality. That is, it's 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 like from those that aren't that attuned into the women's game, and I don't want to sit here and pretend like I'm some 
expert in the women's game because I'm not, you know, it's uh, I I do have sympathy for those that, you know, are still getting into the women's game. Absolutely. Because it is, it's a whole other team that's connected to your team. You know, you're understanding the players, you're understanding the opposition teams, transfer targets, you know, it's it's a whole other side that you're you're then having to having to well in a sense having to yeah I feel that it's a certainly a as Ian Wright puts it you don't support the men's team you support the club and so you want the Arsenal women's to do well, but what is true about this side is that if Arsenal men's had lost Gabriel Jesus, Bukayo Saka, um, Thomas Partey, and you know uh, William Saliba all at the same time, four of our best players, like the women's side losing four of their best players, Caitlin Ford as well, you know, Carlton points out too, you know, that would be devastating to this Arsenal men's side. So to give you some aspects, if you're not that attuned into the women's side, that's what they're dealing with. And they get to the UEFA Women's Champions League semi-final and nearly knock out Wolfsburg, who are a team who are one of the best in the women's game. So it's an amazing achievement that they got as far as they did. They knocked out Bayern Munich with an amazing performance at the Emirates in the quarterfinal and unfortunately just could not quite take it that one step further. Um, Jonas Idevall has done a brilliant job, despite some, what some people think. Yeah, he's done a brilliant, brilliant job and certainly worthy of the new contract that he signed at the start of the season. And we hope that next season can be even more successful and we can welcome back some of our best players and hope that they can do the business next season and, and take this team even one step further and get to the final. Who knows, maybe even win it again, which would be amazing. Now, going to uh, back to men's football, yesterday uh, evening also saw a Premier League relegation clash between S uh, Everton and Leicester at the King Power Stadium. Uh, Jordan Pickford saved an, Ars an Everton penalty uh, from James Madison, who's been hugely linked to Arsenal as we were. And former Arsenal attacking midfielder Alex Awobi got the goal to equalise for Everton and to secure a point uh, for the Toffees in what is becoming one of the most crazy, unpredictable relegation battles of the season. Now, the reason why this is, of course, relevant to Arsenal is that not only have we got some former Arsenal talents and Arsenal transfer targets involved in these games, but also Everton still play Man City. And we want to give Everton the best opportunity to be going into that game against Man City where they're going to be as motivated as possible. If they were already down by this point, you know, it would be very difficult to see them get up for that game. But we want to see them playing Man City when that game comes around with all that motivation that they need to try and get maximum points. And that draw at Leicester certainly keeps the relegation race wide open and certainly worth keeping your eyes on. Now, Arsenal are said to be scouting Yunus Musa. Uh, we've talked about Yunus Musa on the show previously as well. The American international and former Hairland graduates currently playing for Valencia uh, is a central midfielder with a lot of talent and uh, has, of course, played at the World Cup as well. But uh, Musa uh, is said, according to Fabrizio Romano, just to be a scouting target. Uh, at the moment so far um, and certainly um, a player that Arsenal will continue to, to watch and maybe regret um, but certainly a player that still I think a lot of Arsenal fans would like to see return to Arsenal because he is very very talented indeed. Now Fabrizio Romano suggests that Arsenal also are just simply scouting Mark Gahey the uh, Crystal Palace centre-back however the Daily Mail have suggested that Arsenal's interest maybe goes beyond just scouting that there's an interest in seeing Rob Holding 
replaced by the Crystal Palace defender. Very good player that ever since leaving Chelsea has done exceptionally well and has transitioned to becoming a starting Premier League quality player and certainly one that's been getting plenty of plaudits whilst playing in the Premier League. And if was to join Arsenal, would certainly be a good competitive option to William Saliba and a player I think that would add good depth to the squad, uh, depth that Arsenal certainly need. And Arsenal will be looking out, we believe, for a centre-back during the summer transfer window. So Mark Gahey uh, as being linked to Arsenal, I think is a very, very good sign for what Arsenal are trying to do in that position in the summer. Now, we heard from David Ormstein yesterday, who reported first on The Athletic, that Charlie Patino is expected to leave Arsenal this summer. The player is not happy uh, with the fact that there will be a lack of minutes for him in the senior squad next season. And after Arsenal activated that two-year option in his contract, are willing to facilitate an exit because that's what Patino wants. He wants to leave the club permanently and earn minutes regularly elsewhere and find a stable footing to develop himself and his career. Now, after this story was uh, revealed by David Ornstein, I reached out to a contact of mine that I have close to Charlie Patino to try and get some more insight on this. And with that, released an article on Football.London detailing some of the reasons behind why this is happening. And the key reason that I was told is that it was to do with timing. Timing is the big issue uh, with Charlie Patino and why his future at Arsenal is as it is. Unfortunately, with the way that Arsenal are now progressing towards a Champions League competitor and Premier League title competitor, they have ambitions to strengthen in the midfield. And that simply is just not going to be enabling someone like uh, Patino to get enough minutes to stay at the club and develop in the way that he needs to. At the age of 19, you need to be playing significantly. You need to be getting a lot of minutes and you need to be uh, improving in several aspects of your game at the senior level. And that's why Arsenal sent him out on loan last season, because he needed to play. And he has played for Blackpool this season, a side that will be relegated, it seems, before the end of the campaign. Um, in fact, I think they already have been relegated. But Blackpool, I think, uh, with Patino in their side, have sh I think Patino himself has shown that whilst he's been good, He's had a good season for Blackpool. He hasn't shown enough to suggest that at 19 years of age, similar to that of Bakaya Saka or Emile Smith-Rowe, that he'd be getting into the Arsenal senior setup anytime soon. If Arsenal were, let's say, rewind the clock two years ago and Patino was in the same position, then maybe I think you might see Patino getting minutes where they were given to Lokonga or given to Elneny. You know, I think that might be what, we might have seen if Patino was this age, at this stage of his development, two, one, two years ago. But unfortunately, because of the timing of the situation and with Arsenal looking to try and strengthen with Declan Rice, Moises Caicedo and a number of other midfielders heavily linked to a move to the Arsenal with the intention of certainly spending and adding and not necessarily replacing the likes of Partey or Xhaka, they're expected to stay, that would make it very difficult for Patino to indeed stay at the club. So whilst it's a big shame and he's a very big talent, and I know that very a lot of people are going to be very frustrated to see him go, it does make sense. And I am understanding of the situation that does see Patino leave. You can't have it all, as I've tried to tell some people on social media. You can't be demanding of Arsenal to go out and sign the likes of Declan Rice and Moises Caicedo and bring world-class midfielders into the club so that we can better compete in the Champions League and Premier League and at the same time be annoyed at Arsenal that they're not given the opportunity to a player like Patino. Because you can't have both. And he wants to leave. If he was happy to stay and if he was happy to go on another loan to a Premier League team, that changes things. But he doesn't. 
He wants to go. He wants to make this move permanently away from Arsenal so he can get locked in down somewhere where he can play regularly. And if you look at someone like Jaden Sancho, who left Man City's academy and went to play regularly for Dortmund and saw his career obviously explode. Yes, it's not gone particularly well at Manchester United, although there is something of revival, I think, going on there now. At Borussia Dortmund, he was given the opportunity to play regularly at a very good level and sustain a really, really good development period in the early stage of his career. And I think Patino will look at an example like Jaden Sancho and think, I can do that as well. And that's not going to happen for me at Arsenal, just like it wasn't going to happen for Sancho at Man City. So I hope that gives you some context to this situation and maybe some explanation as to why what happening is happening. If you've got any further questions on that, make sure you leave them for part two and I'll try and tackle them in the Q&A section. As I mentioned at the start of the show, I did attend Mikel Arteta's press conference yesterday. He was asked a number of questions about the game against Chelsea and also the squad. He was asked about William Saliba and he said it's pretty similar. He's not going to be involved tomorrow, being today, and we will have to wait until the next game to see where we are. He hasn't improved this week at all. Now, he was asked about the reaction of his players after the defeat against Man City, and he basically said that They didn't need much picking up whatsoever. Uh, The disappointment was across the club, our supporters, our people, our staff, our players. It was a big night and we didn't produce the performance that we wanted. We deserve to lose the game and we have to move on. But I think it was a good reality check as well in the way that they stepped up the level and we could not reach that level. The reality check is as well, you have to step up to that level for 10 months. So we have to believe in what we do because we are so good as well. Now, I did love the moment in the press conference where... Um, Ian Abrahams from TalkSport asked Arteta if he could change one thing that he would do differently against Man City. Arteta simply replied, win, which I thought was was very telling indeed. Now, when it came to the opportunity for me uh, for me to ask a question or two to Arteta, of which I had a couple of ideas in mind, I wanted to ask him about the level of spending of Chelsea, our opponents for tonight, and how that massive £600 million plus investment that we have seen into Chelsea over the last two transfer windows and whether or not that's reduced pressure on clubs like Arsenal to spend huge amounts of money because I think from what we've seen this season is that spending has not necessarily equated to success however Arteta said next season they may get 100 points we don't know with all the exceptional talent if they make that work they can do anything because they have the players the infrastructure and the history to do it I cannot assess what is right and what is wrong because you cannot assess in two months when they've made those changes it is not fair which I think is completely fair and I think is a really good kind of overreaching assessment of Chelsea right now, whilst we're all laughing at Chelsea and scrutinising the issues that they have had despite the money that they've spent. We don't know after a year, six months plus, whether those players will start to settle. Under a new coach in the summer with a pre-season, whether that will be able to be gelled and pulled together so that next season they're very, very successful. We don't know. They won't have European football as a distraction, arguably, too, giving them the opportunity to, I think, push forwards and certainly gel the team better together. But they've got a lot of work to do still. They've got players to move on. They've got signings still to come in, and Kunku and Gusto being those two. So Chelsea are a very interesting side for next season, and one that I think a lot of people are very intrigued to how they get on. Now, 
the other uh, question that I wanted to ask uh, was asking about the something that uh, myself and Sophie talked about the other day. Uh, now, Yanis Adedekumbo, who is the um, Milwaukee Bucks uh, NBA player, uh, he went viral across the weekend, you may remember, for an interview that he did in a press conference when he was asked about the Milwaukee Bucks' elimination from the NBA playoffs at the hands of the Miami Heat, whether the season had been a failure. And his response to the question was very insightful and thought-provoking, where he basically discussed that Michael Jordan, who I think was successful in six or something of his 15 seasons, did that mean he failed in nine of them? And the answer he felt is no, and that he was working towards something. And working towards something is equating to that of a success in some way. And so with that in mind, I put the question to Arteta about whether or not finishing second and working towards a title still constitutes success in his mind. To which he says, as a manager, I don't want to be using those words. I know what we are trying to do, what the objective was and what we have been doing. But we still have the nicest part of the season to play with five games to go. When I look at it, this is not over. I would pay a lot of money next season to be in this position again. A lot, believe me. I just want to maximise the moment that we have right now and go for it. Now, perhaps I could have asked this question at the end of the season and maybe I'll get the opportunity to to find out where we are at that point and therefore where he then sees the season or where the club sees the season. I like this response. I, I like the the disagreement, if you like, with Giannis um, and that he doesn't want to admit that finishing second in some ways is a success. Now, me and Sophie talked about the season on the show two days ago and talked about how I would look at the season in second as placed as a fan, as someone looking on the outside in as a success, because I think we are moving towards that ultimate goal of trying to win a title. I've had a few discussions with supporters and fans in comment sections on social media where they said they would swap Manchester United season with our own because they've won a League Cup and they could still win an FA Cup, of course, although I wouldn't be expecting them to against Man City. They could still win that, but let's take it as face value. They're probably going to finish third or fourth, probably fourth, and with a League Cup. Now, what would I swap fourth place and a League Cup for the season that Arsenal have had? And my reasoning is no, I wouldn't swap. Uh, the season Man United have had with mine. Because if I was to ask you, who do you think is more likely to win a Premier League title next season based upon what has happened this season? Arsenal or Manchester United? And for me, I think the answer is obvious. And the answer obviously is Arsenal. I think Arsenal are pushing and just ex exponentially progressing towards what we want to see, which is ultimately getting into that place of, of winning the title. We are the closest side now to Man City in the league at this moment in time. And we are going to look to build upon what we've done next season and try to bring in a side that is going to be better competitive in not only the Premier League, but also the Champions League next season. So no, I wouldn't swap the season with Manchester United. And no, I think that it's too isolated thinking to look at one season alone and to take a blinkered approach rather than looking at the bigger picture. Um, I can leave that as a poll in the chat box if you like. Um, I'll start a poll. Would it says, hold on, it says here, start a QA. I don't know what that is. Let me just have a quick look at that. It says, start a QA. Maybe answer viewer questions like maybe we'll try that. Okay, we're going to do that in part two. Okay, let's go to part two, which is going to take the form of a mini Chelsea preview and a QA as well, right after this. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Now, as I mentioned, uh, we're going to be doing a slight uh, diversion away from the Q&A, but we'll be doing the Q&A, don't you worry. But with there not being time yesterday to complete a preview show with the women's game being on, of course, me being at the press conference in the morning, uh, I did want to do a solo uh, preview. So I'm just going to talk a little briefly about my thoughts ahead of the game tonight, give you my lineup for what I would choose um, and we'll get some of your thoughts in the comment section as well. So let's just focus a little bit on the game tonight, for which obviously I think, and I was listening to the Arsenal Vision podcast yesterday, and I agreed with Elliot. If there's one team that you probably want to face right now, it's Chelsea, um, who have lost their last five. I don't think a manager coming into Chelsea has ever lost their last five, but Frank Lampard has managed it. But what I worry about is that Arsenal have got a horrible, horrible habit of what I like to describe as being a bit of a defibrillator of a side. They do tend to resuscitate teams' form, and I hope that that's not going to be the case this evening. Chelsea are very beatable. They're chaotic. You don't know what team they're going to choose, and the team available that they have to choose is a tricky one. I was having a good chat with Tom Overend, who's a, a good friend of the Chelsea fan on social media yesterday, talking about the team that I would personally pick from the players available and talking about what is indeed available for them to choose. Now, he says that uh, James, Mount, Koulibaly, Kukurea, and Havertz could all be unavailable um, for the game this evening, which is a hell of a lot of injuries, but they've got a hell of a big squad. Uh, I said from the players available, I think the best option that they could choose would be to play Kepa in goal, Azpilicueta at right back, Fafana, Badiashil, Chilwell, Enzo, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Gallagher, Madueke, Sterling and Mudrik. I don't think I'd play Aubameyang. Um, he felt that that would be defensively torn to shreds, which I felt saying 170 million worth of defenders with 100 million plus defensive midfielder and an 80 million plus goalkeeper in the back six, I don't necessarily think should be being described as being torn to shreds. But that's just me. So, you know, take what I'm saying here with a little bit of a pinch of salt. Now, in terms of an Arsenal lineup of what I would pick for the evening, I would make a few changes and I think a few changes needed. That said, I don't think we're going to see lots of changes. I would be surprised to see Mikel Arteta make this number of options. But I would swap out Zinchenko for Tierney. I'd swap out Partey for Jorginho. And I'd swap out Xhaka for Trossard. I think Partey needs a bit of a rest to be taken out of the firing line somewhat. I think Zinchenko's been a bit down. And if you're going to bring Jorginho in, I think you need to add Tierney to the team to give you a little bit more resilience in the back four. And Trossard needs to play. We haven't won a game since Trossard was dropped from the starting lineup. Trossard has to play. And I can't put him into the first three because I think the front three needs to stay as is. And I think that it's the best part of this Arsenal team. But Trossard has to play. And that's why I would bring him into that left eight position, allow Jorginho to just sit in front of the back four and allow Erdegaard and Trossard to work their magic uh, in that area of the field. That's what I would do. Now, I'm going to go to you guys for predictions, and then we're going to go to questions for the rest of the Q&A 
of the show. So tell me, what score lines are you going for for this? For me, I'm going to go for a 3-1 because we can't keep a clean sheet to save our lives. So I'm going to go for an Arsenal 3, Chelsea 1. That's my predicted scoreline for today, with scorers being, of course, our Rob Holding screamer, which we nearly got. I mean, if you want to call it a screamer, I just didn't really want to talk about it that much after the City game, but he got the goal. A Ben White screamer as well. So that's two screamers from Holding and White. And a Leandro Trossard overhead kick from a corner. Uh, FIFA 23 style, if you like, uh, to get the third goal in the game as well. Omar says 2-0 Arsenal. James says 3-0 Arsenal. Cody says 3-2. Gavin says 2-0. Matt G says 2-0. Omar says 2-0 with Saka and Martinelli to get the goals. Temi's going for a 3-2 win. David's going for a 2-1 win. Um, Co's going for a 3-1 to Chelsea. Uh, not the most positive. Maybe Chelsea fan. Uh, Red Star says 3-0 Trossard, ESR and Martinelli. Uh, Marcus says 2-1 win, but so worried about the Chelsea due to the win and Saka uh, and Trossard to get the goals. Uh, on Soups gets 4-1 here as well. Lynn says 3-1. Jack says 2-1. And Kedrog says 3-0 Arsenal with three Gabriels on the score sheet. Now, Gabriel Martinelli features as my key player. I think that going up against uh, whoever plays right back uh, in that system is going to hopefully give him plenty of joy. Let's wait and see what happens. Uh, Viju says, hey Tom, I just hope Arteta isn't stubborn and plays half-fit players like Xhaka Zinchenko and Partey. I would also go for a back three with a double pivot, a front five of Martinelli, Trossard, Odegaard, Saka and Jesus. A lot of people have been asking about the front, uh, the back three, whether that's the right move to go forwards from there. I'm not sure whether or not it is but a lot of people feel that that is the way forwards with this. Um, so not sure whether or not. Uh, Nexus says, what about, what do you think about swapping holding and White's position? I don't feel very good about it, Nexus. <laughs> I don't feel very good about it at all. So, yes. Akamal says, Tom, are we going to talk about the Spursiest of Spurs games? Yes. Let's transition, shall we, to uh, the Q&A section of part two. Let me also see about this. It says start Q&A. Um, so question. Here, uh, throw in, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done this before. Throw in your TD, TGT questions for the Q&A. Now, I don't know if this is going to work, but let's see if it does. So something's popped up. It says, throw in your TGT questions for the Q&A. Now, for some reason, the chat box has now disappeared on YouTube. I'm hoping it's not disappeared on StreamYard but it's disappeared on YouTube. Oh, okay. So it's now only showing questions. So I think if you click this little thing, it will allow you to throw up questions in the chat box. Now I'm hoping that they're still going to come up in StreamYard, which I think they are. Yes. Matt G says, Rashalison scoring his first goal, taking his shirt off and getting booked all for nothing. Please discuss. Yeah, Akamau asking as well about the Spurs thing. Now, I didn't do a show yesterday, so I wasn't able to talk about this game, but I did watch it. I, <laughs> I look, I, I think that it's been so painful seeing rival fans call us bottlers, right? And if you want to know what bottling really is, is, is watch that game. That is the definition of being bottlers. And Spurs are the biggest bottlers on planet Earth when it comes to football. So any Spurs fans that ever had the cheek to describe Arsenal as potential bottlers, I'm sorry, but those happenstances that went on, went on on Sunday are by far the biggest that we've seen so far. Uh, James says, excluding transfers, if you could make three changes with the Arsenal FC, 
what would they be and why? Excluding transfer. So changes that I would make in the club. Okay, I would... I would upgrade the infrastructure of the Emirates Stadium would be the first one. Because even though it was built in 2006, I think that we can all agree that the Emirates needs change. The Emirates needs improvement, right? And I think that the, sh- the seats are getting a little bit grubby and a little bit uh, dilapidated. They need changing. I think that the, the concourse is in need of a bit of a, a spruce up. Uh, I think they could have better technology in the stadium as well for supporters. We know that uh, people entering the stadium and that that process of getting into the ground could be better. So that would be a change that I would make at Arsenal. Uh, Another change that I would make... This is tough to ask me on the spot. The ticketing system I think we need to talk about. Now, they're moving to a ballot system. That's what we're being told for next season. Is that going to solve things? We'll have to wait and see. For me, obviously, I'd... we have to put more things in place to help tackling touts that are outside. I mean, when you get out of a train station at the Emirates or go into the game, the amount of people walking around the ground that are like shouting tickets for sale, tickets to buy, they're able to do it fairly comfortably. And don't, I've never seen one challenge. Maybe you have, I haven't. I think that needs to be cracked down on a bit more. We need to see more done to tackle that problem. And obviously the ticketing system as a whole needs an overhaul. And hopefully that's a change that we're starting to see so that's another change that I would make uh, at Arsenal what else would I do Mm, what else would I do it's a a third change being asked on the spot is very very difficult and I know a lot of people are going to be throwing stuff into the chat box I'm sure Uh, James says I like the fact they're trying a ballot system Uh, Lynn says I would bring in another scout to assist Edu Lynn that's already happened actually we discussed that on the show the other day Arsenal have made two promotions to support Edu uh, Ellis and Ato, uh, two people within the club, have been brought in, well, promoted to support Edu for the upcoming transfer window. So that's actually already happened. Um, so, yeah, that's it's a good one. Uh, Marcus says, the stadium looks great, uh, but indeed the seats do need changing. So, yes, I think that's that's one. Marcus says, a statue of Tom Bailey. That, that, that's far too narcissistic. Far too narcissistic. So there you go. Uh, that's that's the best I can come up with off the top of my head. Uh, I'll have to have a think about a, a third one and maybe I'll come up with it by the end of the show. Um, Lee says, I'm sorry to hear about the abuse that Sophie received after her Sky Sports interview. It is time to hold these people and social media companies accountable. Thank you, Lee. I'm sure Sophie would appreciate that. If you've not watched back my show with Sophie that we did on Saturday, was it? I think it was Saturday. Maybe it was Friday. Um, then please do. It was a really good discussion and talk. Um, uh, we talked about abuse that Sophie's received since that Sky Sports interview, both online. We talked about the challenges she's faced as not only a woman, but obviously um, as a gay woman as well. So, And those are challenges that I'm never going to experience. And I also have a, an amazing amount of empathy for. I, I'm never going to know that feeling of what that's like. And she brilliantly explained it to all of us. I talked about the abuse that I've received recently as well myself after appearing on a number of other shows. Um, and by the way, again, I don't want to raise it as the fault of the person who showed that it was. It's just the way that it is. Um, you're never going to please everybody. And uh, that's that's that. But uh, I think it was a really good show. And if you haven't watched it, I certainly recommend going and giving it uh, a look at. Um, let's go to uh, Jack says, what do you think about the situation at Leeds? with their manager and the way that their players were ignoring their fans, it seems really different to the times under Bielsa. Okay, so you may have seen a video circulating of a, I think it's a security guard of the Leeds team 
that stands in front of a small, young uh, Leeds United fan and blocks their view of all the Leeds players walking through, not stopping. Now, I'm a little bit kind of reluctant to be hypercritical of these videos because as we've seen recently with Arsenal, the context of videos can be very different. It doesn't look great. I'm not going to pretend that it doesn't look great. It it, it doesn't. It doesn't look great at all. Um, and the security guard in particular, you know, when seeing that video back, probably doesn't realise what they're doing and doesn't realise they're blocking the view of a, of a young supporter. And I'm hoping that they see that video back and, and significantly regret where they stood, I'm hoping, by accident. In terms of the managerial situation, it's chaotic. The season has been chaotic down at the bottom. The decisions made by some of the clubs down there has been ludicrous. The decisions made by some of the teams at the top of the league, like Chelsea and now in the middle of the table of the week, league has also been ridiculous. It's been a mad season. Um, one of the best seasons for a lot of reasons, especially as an Arsenal supporter. But uh, yeah, very, very chaotic indeed. And I think Leeds, with this decision, may end up going down. Don't think Sam Allardyce will save them or this club this time. Uh, Jahu, uh, Jahu, uh, Jahu. I hope that's pronounced correctly. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Joe Howe, maybe, uh, says, what do you think of Eze of Crystal Palace as a midfield option? Love the player. Thing is great. You know, if we're looking at an attacking midfielder, which we seem to be with these links to Mason Mount, I'd love Eber Eze. Uh, I think Eze, rather, he's a fantastic player. I think he'd be a really good option for Arsenal, as would uh, Michel, uh, Elise. So, yeah, uh, again, uh, another player that I'd love to see at Arsenal too. Um, let's scroll up because I know that there were some questions before they put the predictions in uh, that I missed as well. Uh, Stephen says, with Patino and Balogun likely to leave, does this now show that this team is at a much higher level and you need to be an elite player to get in, like uh, looking at their Mill smith Rowe situation? It's a difficult question, actually, Stephen, because what that question is effectively asking is, is the level of the Hayland Academy products not good enough that enough of them would be able to break through previously, like Smith Rowe, where they wouldn't be able to break through now? I don't think that's necessarily fair. I think that Bakaya Saka has shown to be a Hayland Academy product produced by the club in recent years that would easily get into the club, I think, even if he came through as a 19-year-old now. He is that good. If you're that good, you will make it. Patino, Balogun. I think Balogun's got a much better chance of staying, obviously, than Patino. Probably, maybe, even a much better chance of staying long-term than Smith-Rowe if he's given the opportunity. And it is that thing that is the big question. Are these players going to be given the opportunity? I don't know, is the answer. I don't know if Balogun's going to be given the opportunity next season. I hope that he is. I'm very much on the side of the line now where I would move Eddie Nketiah on. I would sell Eddie Nketiah. And I would give Balogun or another striker signing the opportunity for the coming campaign. I think that what Eddie has done this season is great. And it's all the power to him. But I think having and being on a long-term contract makes him a very sellable asset to a club that will be looking to try and buy him as a homegrown player as well. Use that, sell him, get a good fee for him and bring in someone that is going to be more ruthless up top. It's going to give us greater quality for a team that's trying to chase down Man City. That Nketi is a good player. I just don't think that he's the, he's of the level if we're going to try and compete with Man City for a Premier League title. It's, sounds harsh. It's ruthless. I know. But that's just where my head's at with Nketi right now. Um Let's scroll up a little bit more. I feel like I didn't do justice to some of the questions that came in earlier if I did indeed miss them. Um, where is it? There was a question that I wanted to pick up, but I can't find it. 
I can't find it. I'm sorry. I can only apologize. Anyway, let's go back down to the bottom of the chat and see the ones that I've missed down here now. Uh, uh, Lynn says, Tom, uh, as we saw last time we were behind Man City, our team went out and won 4-1. Do you think this could happen again tonight? Um, Yes, I do. Obviously, we can respond. And last time that we lost to, to Man City, obviously, we, we came back from that and we then went on a seven-game winning streak and a 10-game unbeaten run. But the last three games of that run were obviously very disappointing. And then the fourth game in a row was the defeat against City. So, yeah, obviously, we can obviously do that. I I am I am worried about... I'd be lying to say if I'm not worried. Yes, I think we'll win. Yes, I'd love it to be at a canter. Yes, I hate Elliot for being as brazen as he was, even though it was all satirical with the six, seven, eight nil predictions. Um, but I'm just a bit worried. I don't know why. I'm just really lacking composure and assurance with this team right now. And uh, that's that's tough. That's t- a tough one for me to get over. I'm hoping that I'm going to go. I'm going to the game tonight. I'm covering the game tonight. I'm hoping that it's going to be very comfortable. And that in the press conference after the game, I'll be able to ask Mikel Arteta a very nice question rather than a more difficult one. Um, so, yeah, that's my hope. Uh, let's wait and see what happens. Um, Banter on says, Smith Rowe, I'm really sorry for him, but I believe Arsenal gives players the right part. I believe Eddie, uh, Eddie he's good, but Balogun is better. And then we need to overhaul the midfield and get more guys in there. I think Smith Rowe, you know, he's, he's in a bit of trouble. Uh, in terms of his position at the club in the future. I think he's in a bit of bother. Um, Not in terms of off-field issues that I don't know anything about. I'm talking specifically about, I think he's in a bit of bother regarding how easy it is going to be for him to get back into the team and his future at Arsenal and how competitive he's going to be able to get into the team because what looked to be a sure bet is suddenly not. And and he's going to struggle, I think, to get back into the side. Uh, Benji says, I genuinely don't understand how someone like ESR doesn't make it into the starting lineup at least once this season. I think Fabio Vieira and his bad form has really hindered him because of Vieira's price tag. Has Vieira affected Smith-Rowe's chances of playing? Somewhat. But the thing is with Vieira is that he's been available for the majority of the season where Smith-Rowe hasn't. He's been arguably fitter than Smith-Rowe has this season. And I think that they've appreciated his attitude and his application perhaps more than what Smith-Rowe has been since returning from his injury and surgery. I think Smith-Rowe's future clearly lies more centrally under Arteta. He sees him in that position. He's playing him in that position. He's not bringing him on in the wide areas anymore. He's bringing him on to play centrally in place of Odegaard. Vieira, is he the same type of replacement? Maybe, but he's also bringing him on a lot in place of Xhaka. And maybe he sees Vieira as more of the left eight and he sees Smith-Rowe as more of Odegaard's competitor. That's going to be an intriguing dynamic to see how it develops. I don't think Smith-Rowe will leave in the summer, but who knows? Never say never. Uh, Jack says, are there any players you would take from potentially relegated sides? I've been asked this one before and I think that I said Lavia was like the only one. If, If Leicester were to go down... You know, James Madison, obviously, is is one I would be very, very intrigued about. Um, And if Palace would go down, which I don't think they are going to now, Mark Gahey is a great option. Eberechiezi, Elise, you know, these players, I think, also are very good options for Arsenal. Um, Let's go to Bosses. Why couldn't we do a a 400 million spending spree in the summer? I don't think that's feasible. Um, 
I think we'd have to sell a lot of players and sell them very well to get anywhere close to that. I think a more realistic maximum figure is around 250. Uh, that's not to say I, I know that for a fact. I just think that the 250 is probably around what I think we would be maximum spending. If you remember, we have still been making losses. You know, previous seasons, we are still making losses on the books and that needs to change. So until we start showing profits, until we start to see the benefit of the Champions League football returning to the club, we I don't think we can spend the 400s. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with that one. Uh, Stuart says, Tom, do you think Zinni could play from the right-hand side, flipping our defence, White and Gabriel in the middle with Katie on the left? I don't know, Stuart, is the answer. I'm not sure. He very naturally plays that left inverted fullback position. I don't know if it would work on the right-hand side. I don't know if that would unbalance things too significantly, imbalance things too significantly. So that's my issue there with that idea. Uh, I would stick with how things are at the moment in terms of the back four. Other than bringing Tierney in for this game, I think that we need to rotate a little bit tonight. And I've already talked about that in the short preview that we did. Anyway, uh, I'm going to wrap things up there. We've been going for 40 minutes or so. Um, and so, of course, that's longer than I usually do. But we've done the news. We've done the Q&A. We've done some fancy sponsorship. And we've done some uh, preview stuff as well. I'm hoping that this preview, preview thing in the chat box also has been working. I don't know if it's changed anything. I'm going to end the Q&A there. Um, it apparently says it will, it will remove all the questions from the list. So I don't know. There you go. Yeah, lovely stuff. It's now removed the questions and now that's back as it was just the normal chat box. So I don't know if that was good. Let me know in the comment section if it was good to do a Q&A using YouTube's Q&A function. I don't know if it changed anything at all, to be honest, but maybe it did. I don't know. It's always good to experiment. Try everything once within reason. Not everything. You know where I'm going with this. Don't be a Spurs fan. Thank you so much for everyone listening. Really appreciate your time, as always. It is always appreciated. Do drop a like on the video before you head off. Uh, that really does help us out. And I'll be back tomorrow morning uh, once again with another 8am show reacting to that Chelsea game that is going on tonight, uh, of which I will be at. If you're at the game, enjoy it. Um, I'll be looking forward to going there tonight. And uh, yeah, it's going to be great. I've got a good day of golf, a morning golf ahead of me before I head off to the game in the evening. Uh, enjoy your day. Stay safe. Stay well. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered. Bye, fans.